What's up everybody, GenX Divnet Investor here. In this illuminating video, I share examples from a bunch of people who are retired due to dividends paying their bills as a way to motivate you to what's possible if you stick with investing. I'll also tell you what the most important thing to know is if you plan to retire on dividends, so stay tuned for that. Now most of you know that I've been a fan of dividend investing for multiple decades, and I retired about three and a half years ago once my dividend income was more than my family's annual expenses. These days I'm free to do whatever I want with my time, which usually means playing video games with my friends, working out, spending more time with my family, and enjoying my hobby of creating content for social media. I feel like I found my calling in life spreading the word of how important investing is, so it's extremely gratifying for me to be able to make these videos and to run my free dividend discord and such. My hope is that people will come to understand how they can create passive income streams from quality dividend tickers. Dividends aren't magic, but they are cash that your companies give you as a share of their profits. And the dividends you get paid aren't based on stock price, but instead are based on how many shares you own and if the company's board of directors votes to pay them. So it's integral that you invest in strong companies that can survive tough economic conditions so that you continue to get paid your dividends. Of course, even companies with solid track records of paying dividends can't stop or lower their dividend payout, so it's important to realize that dividends aren't guaranteed. However, if a company continues to make good profits and that company has a good history of paying dividends, then there's a decent chance that the company will continue to pay dividends and sometimes increase their dividends. For example, J&J has paid and increased their dividend for 62 consecutive years. But dividends aren't free money, and they cause the stock to drop by the amount of the dividend to represent the loss or transfer of market value that happens on payout. That being said, quality dividend companies will still often trend up in price over the long run, even with dividends being paid, and dividends really shine when the market is performing poorly. Like, take a look at what could happen if you'd invested 100k right before the dot-com crash until right after the financial crisis began, so from 1999 until 2008. Let's pretend you invested 100k into J&J, Amazon, and the overall market. What we see is that both Amazon and the market would have left you underwater after those 10-ish years, but your reinvesting J&J dividends would have pushed you up to almost 172k. Think about how harsh it would have been to hold a great company, like Amazon, but it not doing anything for a decade. Now I picked those dates to highlight how even great companies can do nothing for a very long time, and even if J&J stock didn't do too much, at least it held up and paid you almost 30 grand in dividends. I also want to reinforce that you should probably buy and hold with conviction, and that you need to mentally prepare yourself for long stretches of non-performance. They called that time period the lost decade because the overall market did so poorly, and dividends were your only source of return for 10 years for many stocks. The people who had diamond hands holding Amazon ended up doing amazingly well, but I wager most people ended up selling. Anyway, I like to think of dividend stocks as apartments you own. Each time a stock pays you dividends, it's like your renter is paying you rent, either monthly or quarterly. The more stocks or apartments you own, the more rent you're probably making, and your stocks can appreciate over time just like your apartments can appreciate. But with dividend stocks, you don't have to worry about finding tenants, nor do you have to worry about your tenants breaking something and you having to deal with it, nor do you have to worry about getting sued due to a bunch of different reasons. That's not to say real estate can't be a great investment, though properties also often take a lot more time and energy and stress, even if you have a property manager. And so I prefer dividends, and dividends have been paid out for centuries, and you too can benefit from them if you're willing to invest appropriately. Plus, if you stick with it for long enough, then you may get to the point where your dividend income grows large enough to allow you to retire early. I've gotten to meet a variety of folks who've retired on dividends, and I've not met or heard of a single retiree who said they regretted their dividend approach, so that alone is a huge testament to dividends. I was researching online people who said they retired on dividends, and one thread started when someone was asking if dividends really worked and if people were able to retire without selling any of their principal. For example, I found this post on Quora from a fellow named Ian McDonald who said, and I quote, I have lived very well off my dividend income for 20 years while watching the value of my portfolio grow 500%. There is no reason the principal should run out. 100% of my investments are in stocks. After losing $300,000 in mutual funds 20 years ago, I had enough of my investment advisor who had gotten me into mutual funds. 
I figured there had to be a better, safer way to invest. I set out to learn how to become a successful self-directed investor, end quote. Ian became so passionate about dividend investing that he eventually wrote some books about it, which are on Amazon. And note, this is a different Ian than the OG investor PPC Ian. This Ian identified 10 dividend investing tips that I'd like to share. Number one, he said to invest in financially strong businesses that pay good dividends. Number two is to invest equally into no fewer than 20 companies and no more than 30. Side note, I think 20 to 30 makes sense, though I don't think you need to invest equally into each of your positions. Number three is to review each stock's share price and dividend payouts for the last 20 years to choose stocks that are ever-growing. Number four is to not invest in anything that is too expensive or that has ongoing fees and no chance for appreciation, so he avoids preferred shares and bonds. Another side note, one great way I've found to quickly estimate if a stock is cheap or expensive is by using fast graphs, which I've been paying for since I really value it. I'll show you what I mean. Let's say you were thinking of investing in Procter & Gamble, so you type in PG in fast graphs. This is the screen that comes back with tons of useful info, but for now let's just quickly focus on the black line over time, which is its stock price and notice how right now it's way above the blue line, which tells me it's probably expensive. The blue line is basically the average PE that the market has valued Procter & Gamble at over time. You can also see that the current price black line is also way above the orange line, and the orange represents a 15 PE, which is often seen as a fair price for many stocks. So the TLDR is that the black line is above the other two lines, telling me it's probably expensive. Of course, you could calculate your own discounted cash flows or do some other valuation methods, but I really like this at-a-glance view. Let's do another example. How about we look at Realty Income, ticker O, another stock I'm long in. Now you can see that today's black price line is both under the orange and the blue lines, which quickly tells me that it's probably cheap. And being cheap is part of the reason why I've been using 20% of my Realty Income dividends each month to buy more shares of itself. What's neat is that FastGraphs just released an update, so now it automatically updates its graphs to display FFO for REITs versus owner earnings for Procter & Gamble, so it makes it even simpler and more useful for us end users. Of course, there's a lot more you should understand before buying a stock, like understanding why the price is expensive or cheap, as well as look at various financial trends, what you think the various growth metrics will be, who their competitors are, etc. But the two tools I'm cool to pay for and recommend are FastGraphs and Seeking Alpha, and specifically on Seeking Alpha I like its articles and comments. I'll include my FastGraphs link in the description of this video, and if you also use my coupon code when you sign up, then you get a 25% off your first payment, whether that's a payment for a single month or an annual payment. Even if you don't use my link, I recommend you give FastGraphs a go, as I think it's that good of a product built by Mr. Valuation himself. So looking at Ian's number 4 tip, I would say Procter & Gamble is too expensive, thus it would be a pass at this time, but Realty Income looks cheap, and a key reason why it's probably cheap has to do with the risks associated with higher interest rates. But O is also probably cheaper because of concerns that they're so big that their growth is going to be minimal going forward, which for a retiree like me is fine, but for younger people it might not make as much sense. Plus, there are concerns that maybe some of their acquisitions aren't as high quality as they should be. Okay, moving on, his number five tip is don't borrow money to invest in stocks. That's an important one, as I've had multiple people mention that they want to borrow money to make more dividend income, and I strongly recommend against doing that. Trust me, it's not worth the risks of borrowing money to invest in stocks. Just invest what you can afford to lose, and it's okay if you're only investing a small amount. Truly, slow and steady wins the race. Number six is only invest in stocks that you intend to own for the rest of your life. Number seven is avoid speculating too much, which I take to mean that you should avoid stocks that don't have good track records of results. Number eight is a reminder that when you sell stocks that you might owe income taxes, and I'll add that you may also own taxes if you own dividend tickers in a taxable account, depending on a variety of factors. Number nine is listen to investment recommendations, but always thoroughly verify things on your own. And number ten is that you should manage your own portfolio and know why and what you're invested in. So all good stuff. After Ian, I found someone who's retired due to getting $100,000 of dividends a year, along with $40,000 a year from doing options. 
This guy said he owns 30 stocks across 10 industries, with his smallest position being worth 50k and his largest worth 250k, so a multi-million dollar portfolio. He said his TD Bank position pays him almost 9000 a year. Microsoft pays him about $2,300 a year, etc. And he owns Procter & Gamble, Chevron, Welltower REIT, etc. I noticed they owned a couple companies that had lowered their dividends, so he's a good reminder that dividends aren't guaranteed. Anyway, this guy said that he feels like he has 30 income streams from his 30 dividend tickers, and he doesn't have to do anything to get that income. He also reinvests some of his dividends so they grow faster, and he's in his early 50s. He talks about how freeing it is to have dividend income coming in and how being retired feels kind of like it did when he was 8 years old and rode his bike to the beach without a care in the world. He also said that when he first retired he felt guilty like maybe he should be working, but now he just loves it. Plus he said he was broke at 24 years old, and at that time he wished that he had a decent job, but he realized that being broke is just a temporary situation, and feeling poor is just a state of mind. He said that he believes that anyone can do what he's done if they stick with it and work hard. Finally, he mentioned that he had told many of his friends how they could build their finances like he did, but only a few of them have actually gone down his path, and it's working out well for them. His TLDR is that it's all about delayed gratification, and that you gotta put off the easier path today in order to get what you really want for your tomorrow. And if you can do that, then he swears you'll make it. Moving on, I found a guy named Joe who said, I've been living on dividend and interest income for the last 10 years. The money is transferred from my Schwab investment account to my personal checking account every month, just like a salary being paid by an employer. After many years of research, I settled with a roughly equal mix of Vanguard Mutual Funds, VWINX, VWELX, and VDIGX. They give me a good combination of quality dividend stock exposure and solid bond returns slash income. They are all gold 5-star Morningstar rated and have the best long-term record of returns that I have found. And he talked about how awesome it is to have the freedom to be able to do whatever you want. He said that not worrying about expenses nor fretting about any bills is as wonderful as you'd expect. He closed things off by recommending people start planning and saving for their retirement starting right now. Beyond those guys, I found a bunch of people who were retired and were using dividends along with other income sources. For example, this fellow named Steven said that he had 30% of his portfolio in growth and 70% in a diversified dividend portfolio. He said he hasn't sold any stocks and he just lives off dividends, social security and pensions, which total up to 90k a year. Plus his principal has been growing and in just two and a half years his portfolio went from 850k to 1.1 million. Nice. I also looked on Reddit for people who had retired on dividends and I found a few other examples I'd like to share. The first is from a guy named Aerobic Gamer who said, We live quite comfortably on dividends and social security. There are people here who advocate selling stocks, but in my opinion, this requires much more skill in stock picking because you have to survive the inevitable bear markets. With a diversified portfolio of quality stocks that have a record of increasing dividends, you are only vulnerable to a complete economic collapse. We have an ever-increasing income stream and a portfolio that still grows because of appreciation, and we reinvest about 10% of our dividends. And we can always sell some if we have to. He continues on saying, Yesterday I added shares of Pfizer to my existing positions. And note, this was a few months ago. It has been beaten down and currently yields about 5.7%. His largest positions include Pembina Pipeline, Realty Income, J&J, Iron Mountain, W.P. Carey, Procter & Gamble, Eli Lilly, and BlackRock, amongst others. He said, Most I've held for many years, adding to positions as opportunity arises, such as Pfizer. And he went on saying that he thinks J&J is at an attractive price for new investors. He continued on talking about J&J, saying that he already has 1,100 shares of it, so he didn't want it to get too large relative to his other positions. And he said J&J's stock price is currently depressed due to the lawsuits, but they're a mammoth company and they'll come through, and no court is going to seriously damage their business. He mentioned he was old enough to remember the J&J Tylenol scare in the 1980s. And he said that he sees these current J&J issues generally as buying opportunities, if you have a long-term perspective. And then after him, I found a guy named Pretty Complex who said, I'm retired, 84 years old. We live off my IBM dividends and some social security. He said he's not interested in reinvesting his IBM dividends, but he's getting almost $17,000 a quarter from his 10,000 IBM shares, and he's also making some money doing covered calls. 
After him was a guy named Admirable Nothing, who said that his portfolio is now all dividend stocks, though he used to also have non-dividend stocks. His portfolio's overall yield is a bit under 6%, and his dividend stocks have been good about increasing their dividends since he moved over into them. He also said he has some social security, a small pension, and he has real estate income, but his dividends are an important part of his retirement income. His plans are to leave his dividend stocks to his kids someday. Awesome. And then I found this guy named Me Seeks Look at Me, who said that he lives off dividends, and that dividend investing is a psychological benefit to him. So basically I think he means dividends are nice, because he doesn't have to worry or stress about having to sell stocks in order to get income. He goes on to say that even if his portfolio drops in value, his dividend income tends to stay the same, or more likely rise. He said he worries less with dividend stocks, and he doesn't think about getting out of the market. Then after him is Hummer K. Simpson, who said that he makes around $100,000 of dividends annually, and he hasn't sold shares in the past three years. His portfolio is up around 500 grand, and he has no plans to sell anything other than maybe for taxes. Then I found Daryl, who said that he lives off dividends, and he mentioned IBM, Altria, Philip Morris, Mondelez, Kraft Heinz, and AT&T. After him is Administrative Bank 86, who said he's 63 and he lives off Social Security and dividends. He doesn't need to sell anything until his retirement RMDs kick in, and at that point he'll take those proceeds and build up his taxable account. After Administrative Bank, I found someone named CBC Sucks, who talked about how his friend now lives very comfortably off dividend income. And then I found Silly Resist, who said, For the past 13 years, my wife and I have been living off income from investments. We've sold zero investments to pay our expenses. We live well enough on a low six-figure income in the Midwest while spending winters in Florida. Meanwhile, our investments have grown an average of 8% per year, and I don't expect to ever have to touch the principal. My focus now, at age 72, is to move forward towards safe investments. I don't need to make more than 4 to 5% to live comfortably, and I have little interest in dealing with continuing to watch investments. My wife and I retired at age 59. It helped that we had zero debt when we retired, and really no debt for the nine years prior to when we paid off our mortgage. Nice. Okay, I've got just a few more examples to share. This next one is from Throwaway who said, Yes, my wife and I are retired early, both under 60, and we're living 100% off dividends from retirement brokerage accounts. We won't be getting Social Security for many years, and we don't have any other source of income than our retirement accounts. And then after them was someone named Pura Vida, who said they've retired mostly on divvies and their dividend income is triple what their Social Security is. He said they do what they want, when they want, and buy whatever they want. They fly first class and take multiple international trips each year. After throwaway is someone named Duper, who said his dad is retired on dividends, which came from him working at Procter & Gamble for 40 years, thus he has a ton of PG shares he lives off of. And then I found a wealth manager named Carl, who said that he has a client who retired with $600,000 in dividend stocks. His client gets $4,000 in divvies per month, along with $1,800 of Social Security per month, which equals about $70,000 a year, which his client is quite happy with. Side note, that must be a pretty high average yield he has. Carl also mentioned another client of his that has a $1.8 million portfolio at a 5.5% yield, making him about 100 k a year, which he saw as wonderful. So one of the key takeaways from all this is that there are people who have been living on just dividends as well as people who use them as part of their retirement income in half for decades. My wife and I have some friends who inherited a ton of dividend stocks from their parents, and I mean a ton, but they ended up selling them and buying a mansion on a golf course only to end up getting divorced and now they're struggling. That's part of why I stress a more frugal lifestyle, because I've seen it's easy to blow money, but it can be hard to make it or grow it. Bottom line, it's very possible to use dividend income as part or even all of your retirement income. And the older you get, the more you'll appreciate the automated passive aspect of dividend income, rather than needing to sell stocks or having to pay some financial advisor to sell on your behalf, or risk automatic selling of your shares over time. Imagine what it might be like for a retiree who has a million dollar portfolio and who needs to sell $40,000 a year of his stocks to pay for his living expenses, but then he goes through a decade of no growth. At first he's probably not worried because he knows the markets can be crappy. But imagine how he feels by year 9 if his portfolio was down to $640,000 a year. 
I can't imagine how stressful that would be for someone who has to sell shares. And unfortunately, stress can lead to worse health outcomes, which probably are exacerbated for older folks with weaker immune systems. So now instead of just enjoying his golden years, he's freaking out about if he'll outlive his investments. Maybe it's too much to bear so he sells everything and sits in cash, just as the markets finally turn around. That's part of why I value good dividend stocks so much, because I know how much they can help you not just financially, but also psychologically, especially during rough times when you need it the most. And yet some people will dismiss the psychological benefits and say that focusing on dividends is just for weak-minded investors that can't overcome their own biases and behaviors. My response is that I'm happy with my strategy, which gives me a portfolio that tends to grow, along with income that tends to outpace inflation, all of which both lowers my stress and gives me more time to do what I want. Anyway, the longer you invest, the larger your dividend snowball can become, but always make sure to focus on quality companies, which is the most important thing to focus on if you want to have dividend income coming in for decades. And just because a company pays a dividend does not mean it's worth investing in. You gotta make sure that the company can last and ideally flourish. Plus, don't forget what Charlie Munger said, specifically that there are two types of people who buy shares in the stock market. Number one, investors, and number two, speculators. The investors, who are always Munger's people, are disciplined, hardworking, and thoughtful when buying assets. But the speculators, i.e. those who seek nothing more than a quick buck without care for the intrinsic value of what they're buying, well, Munger really didn't like them too much. Warren Buffett said that too many investors, especially young investors, are simply buying stocks that are trending, hoping someone else will pay more for them in a few months, days, or even hours down the line. What Buffett recommends is that you actually research your investments and then buy when the price is decent and then hold, potentially forever. And if you are a spectator, then Buffett has a piece of advice for you, which is to remember who is really making money from your gambling, and the answer is the house. Thus find good companies and then keep driving your investable cash into growing your asset base. Wealthy people invest in assets, not just buy things that they don't really need. I'm confident that if you keep investing, then you'll retire in your dividends someday, and you'll look back on these days and remember fondly how you kept pushing forward, even with all the setbacks. And with that, I'd ask you to kindly hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. Also consider using my Seeking Alpha affiliate link in the description of this video, as it often comes with benefits for new member signups. Don't forget to check out my Fast Graphs link and coupon, and consider joining my channel as a member. Finally, join my free Dividend Discord chat server, which has over 11,000 dividend investors on it from 80 countries around the world. Thanks for watching, stay positive, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you so much for watching this preview. If you want to watch the rest of this video, please click on the link in my bio.